What is up, Sports and Stuff Nation? It is your host, Parker Garash. I am back with another episode. Today, I have my guy, Aiden. He is from Nick's Community on Instagram. Make sure you go to give him a follow. We got into so much Nick stuff. It was awesome. I've been trying to find someone to come on the show to talk with me everything Nick's basketball. And my guy, Aiden, came through, and I'm going to have him on 100% again. He informed me on so much of, of stuff I didn't even know about the Knicks. And he, he is my guy for life now, and I was extremely excited about this interview. We got into all things Knicks, Leon Rose, Stephen A. Smith, the media, the future of this team, and the present right now of what the roster is and what it could be in the next few years. It was an extremely awesome conversation, and I know you guys are going to absolutely love it. So I hope you guys are ready. After this episode, I had a quick announcement. I'm going to be back next Monday with Pistons Talk. He has another Instagram account on all things Detroit Pistons. He is, to me, the number one insider for all things Pistons basketball on Instagram, and I am extremely excited to have him on the show. So stay tuned for that. For that. But for now, listen in to Aiden and I talk all things Knicks. So today I have another guest on and another podcast episode for you guys. I have Aiden Donahue. He is the social media worker for the Instagram account Nick's Community, who is a Nick's insider type fan account with about how many followers is it? Close to two thousand. Close to two thousand. About I think we just reached one point seven thousand followers. So yeah, one thousand seven hundred followers. So it's pretty cool. exciting. So why don't you introduce yourself, what you do, and then why and when did you start um, Nick's Community? Perfect. So I'm Aiden Donahue. Uh, I run Nick's Community on Instagram, and I have the Nick's Community podcast. And basically why I started Nick's Community and my podcast was mainly just to start a dialogue with fans. Um, you know, if if you listen to my show, I, I always try to ask questions and you know, really just try to, um, I guess, use different perspectives. Like, like for me, I always try to find the positives in every situation um, with our team. And, you know, I don't like act like nothing bad has happened with our team. I'm <laughs> like, I'm not going to be like, it's all sunshine and rainbows, but. Um, Thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't focus too much on the negativity, but yeah. like, I'm not like I'm not going to talk about it, obviously. But um, I always just try to find a uh, positive in every situation. So I think that just to, f- to just to answer your question, I-, I think that I really just wanted to start this account and my podcast just to really just start a dialogue with, with the fans. Definitely. So where are you trying to take it, take the account in the future? So you are quite young. So are you mm-hmm. trying to become, say, a like Nick's insider, media member, journalist? Like wh- where would you love to take this account in the future? Um, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I'm right, right now for college, uh, you know, I do a lot of, uh, theater in the city, so I'm, I'm going to probably pursue musical theater for college, but, um, you know, I think in terms of my Knicks account, I think honestly, as big as it can get really, I think is the goal. Um, you know, I, I think that I'm not going to like, I guess, like set a specific goal in mind. Um, but you know, I'm not going to stop making next content. You know, I really like doing it. I really like having a conversation with fans and 
speaking about this team, speaking mm-hmm. with you today. Um, and I think really the goal is just for it to, to get as big as it possibly can be, I think, really is where I want to take it. So when did you become a Knicks fan? Um, let's see. I mean, I, I've been a Knicks fan all my life. Really. Was it, really just, like, was it just like a grandfather, father type thing? And you were just born into the Knicks tandem of what they grew up with to you? Or was it, or did you kind of like, I asked, um, the guy who runs Memphis hoops, this, are you like the first of your family to truly take being a Knicks fan seriously? Or is it, has it been a family thing? Uh, but from before you were born, I'll say. Definitely. Um, you, you know, my, my family's been Knicks fans ever since. Um, and you know, I always share the story that the, one of the first games that I ever went to, I, uh, I walked in and it was me and my dad and my dad has helped me a ton in, in becoming a fan. And, and, you know, he really, you know, he's updated me since we've had Gallinari in 2008. Um, that was, yeah, yeah. Um, it was tough, but, um, (laughs) I, I, uh, this, this funny story is that, you know, one of my first Nick games, I walked in and, uh, they, they pulled me aside and interviewed me, the, the MSG people, and oh, then wow. they they put the uh, on the jumbotron at halftime, and my teacher was in the audience. And then the next day at school, um, you know, I always just brag that I was like a hero at school the next day, and like people were like coming up to me. And you know, I think that that was really when I was like, I, I'm I'm a fan of this team. And you know, I, that was at that point that was right during that Knicks tape era of like 2012, 13, that that yeah. big playoff run that we won, and. Um, yeah, so I think that was really when I um, really became. I mean, I've been a diehard ever since, but that was when I really was like, I'm like committed to becoming a fan of this team. And uh, so I, I think that you know my my dad and his side of the family and members of, of my mom's side of the family have been Knicks fans ever since. I mean, before I was born, mm-hmm. um, you know, my dad would tell me stories about about the '90s Knicks. And uh, I'm close with Chris Childs, who was who was on the Knicks in the in the late '90s, and I've cool. had him on my show. So we've talked about that. Then I, I also had Chris Copeland on my show. Like I was saying before about that Knicks tape era, we were oh, just very cool. That. And um, yeah, it was uh, it, it's been an interesting interesting road for for the Knicks ever since that 2012 playoff run for sure. But that I think uh, was really when I started to become a, a absolute diehard of a fan. Uh huh. So you've been to MSG, like you said, I'll just ask you this. What is it like walking into that arena? I know you guys haven't had much success as much as the media wants to say you guys have had, like, I feel like the media portrays you guys as like this 15 time champ when it sucks that you guys haven't won so many championships, but what did it, what is it like walking into that arena and like going through the tunnel to the seats? Can you just talk about kind of like, the environment and the atmosphere of MSG as a like basketball Mecca as it is. Definitely. Um, you know, when people say there's nothing like MSG, it's the truth. There's really nothing like MSG. I mean, whatever year we're in, um, whenever I walk in, there's always excitement, no matter mm-hmm. what. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, my intro to my podcast is the, uh, is like that like Knicks kind of song that they play like when the players are coming out and they're announcing all the players. Uh, and I really use that for my intro every time because I feel like that song 
in one just I think really captures that excitement of MSG. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have the crowd going crazy every single time. And, you know, when you walk into that arena, you can just feel that there are fans that are just really excited for yeah. this team. And, you know, whatever happens, um, it's always going to evoke fans in some way, you know, when we lose, it's probably what happens the majority of the time nowadays, but, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's really nothing like walking into that arena and, you know, walking through the lobby and just seeing all of these fans decked out in Nick's gear, just screaming uh-huh. their heads off. It's, it's, it's great. Um, I, I absolutely love, love being there every, every, every chance that I'm able to be there. And um yeah, there's really nothing like MSG. Is your family a season ticket holder? Uh, we were we were season ticket holders actually. Um, I think we were season ticket holders. I think right after that playoff run. Um, so like then 20, everything 2012, kind of, 2013. Yeah, and then everything started to to go downhill, and then we we couldn't really make as many games as we would have liked to. Um, <laughs> and uh. But we we were season ticket holders for a time, yes. So we, I, I, my one of my questions is your favorite Knicks memory over the last five years. Have have you been able to go to games over the last five six years, or is it farther back than that? No, I I, uh, I my last Knicks game that I went to was opening night of last season. Actually, oh, wow, uh, it's still on my bucket to- list to go to MSG. It's like yeah. one of the top five things I have to do. Yeah. I, I mean, it is, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. And especially your first time walking in, um, you know, me being only 17. And I mean, I was so young when I went to my first game and I could feel that, you know, excitement. And it's, it is, the atmosphere is just, I I mean, you can't put it into words because mm-hmm. there's, there's like it, but um, my favorite Knicks memory in the last five years. Wow. 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 That's, that's a good question. Um, hmm. Well, since it's 2021 almost then five years ago would be I think 2016, right? Just do like 20, 2015 and till now. Sure. Um, let me think in the last five years. Um, I think when Porzingis was starting to go off, honestly, um, though, you know, I, so I, I'm from Canada. I, I lived in Vancouver until about 2014. I remember when he, when he, I'm not a Raptor fan. I'm a Laker fan. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, I was a fan of Steve Nash growing up cause I'm from where he's from. And then when he got traded to the Lakers, I got obsessed with Kobe and all those guys. And I was just stuck ever since. But, um, I remember the game, speaking of Raptors, when KP dunked on, it seemed like every single roster member of the Raptors a few years ago. That would be my favorite Knicks memory of the, of the last few years, but keep going with yours. Um, yeah, I, I think that just when Porzingis was just starting to go off, um, you know, I had, the, I had the pleasure of meeting Porzingis, actually, when he was when he was rookie and he, when he just got into New York. Um I was like up to his like hip. I was that tiny, but, um, but I, think I, I say this all the time on my, on my show. I think that Porzingis really made the Knicks relevant in the sports conversation when he started going off. Absolutely. Um, you know, he really brought us, I think he really brought us back to, to relevancy. And, you know, that team looked like a solid eighth seed 
um, with the way they were playing and the, and the um, ag- aggressiveness that they were playing, you know, you had guys like, like Porzingis and, and Courtney Lee, uh, Ennis Cantor, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, that, that team really looked like a solid, like in a couple of years, if that team stayed the way it is and we just kept building off of that core, yeah. I think we would have easily made in 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 a couple years after Porzingis was going off, but you know it everything everything went the other direction. Um, but yeah, I think my favorite memory was has to be Porzingis going off for sure. Was D Rose played with them? Mm-hmm. Were you thinking when like D Rose, Mello, Porzingis, um, I believe Joakim Noah was there as well. Uh, I yep. think for about a year or two. When you when you saw the on paper that tandem of talent, especially after D Rose actually had like a pretty decent season, Joakim Noah was for somehow good for like a span of four years or something like that. Did you think that roster exactly was a top four seed in the East? Would you say? Um, I I think that on paper, um, it was still think- with Jr. It was still with um Shumpert. Tyson Chandler, I think, might have been still there. I think he might have been in Phoenix too. Um, yeah, but um, I think on paper, I think I don't know if we would have been a top four seeded team in the East, but I think that we on paper, I, I thought we were definitely going to make the playoffs if that team stayed healthy mm-hmm. and if Joe and Derek Rose played on the same level of, I, I guess, intensity and. Um, excitement that they were on Chicago you know I think I think Derrick Rose was coming off that season where was that what he was coming off the season in Chicago where he hit that fadeaway game winner against Cleveland I think right yep that's it yeah 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 so um that already excited Knicks fans I mean you know (laughs) you you have a guy coming you just scored on LeBron and that whole entire team um so I think on paper, I definitely thought that they were going to make the playoffs. Definitely. So when you go from days like that to the Porzingis days, and then you go into this whole Dolan drama of kicking a future, uh, former Hall of Famer legend out in Chris Oakley, and then of course the KD Kyrie Zion stuff. What and you have I believe one of the best young duos in the league and RJ and Obi. I think Obi's got to be a complete stud in the league. And, what sh- and quickly as well. Oh, I agree. Um, what should the realistic expectation be, not just for this season, but like for this franchise moving forward? Mm, that's a, that's another great question. Um, I think I'll start, I'll start with my realistic goal for this season and then seasons, I guess, moving forward into the future. Let's do it. Um, you know, I, I was asked this recently on, on another show that I was on. And I, I think that I will just, I've always said the same um, goal is that I listen, I don't think we're going to be an eighth seeded team in the playoffs, but I, I think that we will be a solid 25 to 30 win team. If it stays in the direction that it's been going since the final preseason game that we just had. Mm-hmm. I mean, yet again, you could argue, we're playing against basically the G League team in, in Cleveland, um, with like, like there was no Kevin Love, like there's <laughs> no, really just there's of, nobody. Yeah, there's nobody, but like, when's um, the win? I think, 
Yeah, a win is a win, and and a win in that fashion too. I mean, if you look at the scoreboard, we got a hundred points by the third quarter. Unbelievable. Um, un- unbelievable. And I think that if we if we stay in that direction, um, I think it'll, it'll it'll be exciting. And I think that in future years to come, I think in the oh, let's say five years, I ex- I expect us to hopefully at least made an appearance in the playoffs one of those years. I'm not going to be that fan who's going to say, listen, we're going to win a championship in five years. Absolutely not. But um, I think that if we at least make a – I think the realistic goal is make one playoff appearance in the next five years. I think I think that's pretty realistic. I think that's really realistic, and I would 100% agree with you. I think when you get – when you bring Leon Rose in, people were wanting like Kenny Smith to be your president in basketball operations. I love Kenny. I'm mm-hmm. watching him. He's on the TV right now talking about KD on NBA on TNT. He's a great guy. He's right now, off. he knows really nothing. I I, pers- I don't know him personally. I don't think he knows as much as Leon does about mm-hmm. running an NBA franchise. So I think Leon was a great hire. I don't really know worldwide West. Maybe you can inform us on who he is. If you know anything, because I I know the name, I know he's Leon's like right-hand guy that they hired for, for something in the Knicks organization. Maybe you can inform us on all they did, but like when you bring an experienced agent and you've seen the success of NBA agent um, agents becoming top business operations, basketball operations, general managers in the league like Rob Plink and Bob Myers, you would you would probably as a Knicks fan be quite excited about seeing the success of people in the past to being like, hey, maybe New York can actually get going on the right direction, right? Absolutely. Um I think that um I think that for Leon Rose, I, I think that it was a smart hire in the sense that he's so close to players. Mm-hmm. And I think that he could be a great reason as to why players would want to come to New York. I mean, you know, we, we missed out on Chris Paul this past offseason and all that stuff. And, you know, Chris Paul used to be his agent. So there was that, all those rumors going on, like, yeah. oh, like Chris Paul wanted to come to the Knicks because of Leon Rose and how close they were. So I think that the approach that Leon Rose is doing is really smart. You know, I think that for past years, I think that, people in like those types of top roles in the Knicks were always really public with what they were doing. And they were always in the spotlight where all of their decisions were just like talked about every five seconds. I mean, you know, you look at Phil Jackson, um, you know, all of his, all of his um, actions and decisions were talked about every single day. And I think that Leon, Leon Rose is taking a really smart approach in the sense that he's being really just kind of quiet about everything. And, you know, I think that, that is really that excites Knicks fans, but also probably makes them angry because you know I feel like Knicks fans are so used to having the top, the top, the top like management leading roles that those guys are under. They want them to make moves right away or to at least hear something about what they're doing. And I think yeah. that the Rose is leaving everybody in kind of like suspense and what he's going to do. I think is a smarter approach because he's not taking anything too quickly um you know i i think that one of the biggest struggles the knicks have is just doing moves just to like Please fill that in yeah just like to fill that area of need like for that specific moment and then see what happens like they make they make they last season they made moves that were 
kind of like um like in the moment or like like too too kind of cool, like too fast mm. um is a great, great way to um, explain that but i think that leon rose is he, he i think he's just making the city excited because nobody's really gonna know what's gonna happen next right you know you look at yeah. you look at free agency and you look at the draft too i mean um you know it was reported and obviously it was it was reported basically up till draft night that we were really interested in Obi, and there was rumors that we were going to trade up and like there was like mock trades that we were going to like trade nothing was like official but like we were we like could have traded robinson for the first pick or something um but you know that main rumor on draft night was we were going to trade up with cleveland to five and get Obi. somehow he fell all the way to eight um I mean, you know, you had shockers that night, like Pat Williams at four, Okoro yeah. at five, which looks like a great pick for Cleveland. I really like seeing Okoro, and he had a great first game with them and a game winner as well. Definitely. Um, and I, I think that, you know, especially you look at free agency too, nobody knew what Leon Rose was going to do, right? And I think that, you know, everybody was making fun that we were just getting Kentucky guys just like one <laughs> after the other, the other after the other. Um, I made a joke on my on my page. I said we're basically the, just the Kentucky Knicks now. Um, exactly. Hey, but, uh, Kentucky I, Kentucky yeah. has made some very talented people. So absolutely, absolutely, definitely. And I think that so, the majority of the moves that we've made, like getting Nerlens Noel. I mean, and I know he's he's injured right now, but he's, he's a he's solid backup great. center. Solid, and I I think that he's really adjusting to that role really nicely. And I think that um, we're seeing that a lot through throughout him. And I think that uh, I guess to answer your question about worldwide West um, from what I know, and it's not that much, I'm going to be honest. I, I think as That's like okay. fan, I feel like he is this like a mysterious guy walking around Madison square garden or wherever the practice facility is. Yeah. I think we, we have him, for some, I could search up my computer that I have right here, but um, I know that he's like very well known in that NBA kind of like community, and like his name is really well known and talked about. I like mean, I play, see the it. players know him, but the fans it, don't. Something def- like that. Definitely, I don't. I mean, I th- I just know that his role is just really close to Leon, and I feel like he's probably has some say in decision making. I think so. Um, just because of how close he is to Leon Rose, I think, but that's honestly the most I can give you about worldwide West in all honesty. Thank you for the informant. Cause I have no clue who this guy is. And like, I hear yeah. Steve Naismith talk about him, guys like that, but they, they know way more than the, I feel like the, the regular NBA fan does, but yeah. back, back to the draft when mm. I think this draft could be sneaky good because a lot of the guys are older especially Obi, And I was hoping, oh, I live in Phoenix. Like, I think I told you over DM. So I was hoping Obi was going to come here. I was like, there. if, if we get CP, D-Book, I love Mikal, Jay Crowder, and you had Obi to that front court, that's just going to be way more exciting. But when I saw the first game of him, of him in a Nick uniform, I was like, he is where he is meant to be. Because when he had that one pound of a dunk, after RJ, I think dished, dished it real quick, and his arm was like his elbow looked like it was at the rim. I was like, "Holy smokes!" But I, I think he's gonna be the rookie of the year. I really mm. do. But he's I a just, good. 
I think he has a good shot because of how quote unquote weak the rookie class is. But you bring in him, and of course you bring in the Kentucky guard Emmanuel quickly, who I think is going to be a dark horse in this rookie class. I mean, you're starting to get a good group of talent in the organization. So I feel like, do Knicks fans expect too much from them? Or are they just trying to say whatever they want to say because it's it's New York and it's like the mecca of all media and sports? Yeah, great question. Um, uh, I think that before I answer your question, um, World Wide West is our senior basketball advisor. Um, Interesting. I just, but uh, I think that, like I said before, I don't think we even know what to expect. Yeah. Um, because I think that this draft class is such a mystery um, because, you know, COVID happened. We didn't really get to see anybody play in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that Obi Toppin is really exciting people. And I think that now you throw an Emmanuel quickly into the mix. It's, it's making everybody, you know, go absolutely crazy. And I yeah. think that, you know, speaking about fans expectations every time i bring a former nick onto my show i just ask how did you deal with the pressure of new york yeah because you know when you're when you're on the knicks you're, you're not only dealing with fan expectations but you're dealing with sports writers you're dealing with like every just, media in the I, world I mean, yeah, I, I make this joke, like, if you play, like, garbage, Stephen A. Smith is going to be talking about it from <laughs> college to take the next um, It's so true, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I think that, you know, there's just – there's so much riding on you, which is why we see a lot of players just crack under the pressure. Um, and, I mean, I, I can probably go into a whole spiel of examples if, if I can think about it. Um, but – uh. You know, we see a lot of players just kind of crack under the pressure because there's so much to deal with in New York. So I feel like at a lot of times fans, uh, the fans' expectations are like very high. Yeah. And that can really get a player kind of like psyched out um, in the sense that they could be overthinking how they're playing too much. Um, You know, my dad tells me this example all the time that, um, when we had Timothy Mozgov on our team, you know, Stoudemire oh. went up to him and just said, Hey, just have fun. And he went out and dominated that game. Um, so I think that if players could just be in the mindset of like, Hey, like I'm just going to play basketball and just have fun. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. I agree. You know, I made the comparison on my show. I think after the final, um, game in Cleveland, um, or no, actually when I was just recapping my thoughts on the preseason, um, I made the comparison to the Spurs back in, uh, I think 2013 when they played the final, the, the heat in the finals that year. Mm. Um, not, not like we're going to win a championship by no means. Am I saying that I'm just saying that the way that they're moving the ball is it's, it's exactly what Knicks basketball needs to be from now to the day I die. For sure. That is what it, that's what it needs to be. Cause you know, you're seeing, Emmanuel quickly just take control of this offense and just completely, you know, he's, 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 he's finger pointing, he's creating dialogue and he's just finding you're on the court. I feel like 
Knicks fans expected like Dennis Smith and Frank to kind of do. But I, I truly think Emmanuel quickly is going to be the starting point guard of the Knicks going forward. If they don't get, I hope I think he's great. I went back and watched the highlights. He's saying exactly what you're saying. He's doing exactly what you're saying. And I feel like they've needed a true guard. You know, they haven't, they've, they've had vets come in. They had, I know they had D Rose. They had Jared Jack for a year or so, I think. And then like you bring in the I'll never guys. <laughs> that full um that he, but, he absolutely missed their basket, but yeah. Yeah. And but and then you have Jeremy Lin, which I wanted you bring up players that crack. Do you think Jeremy Lin cracked under the New York pressure? Or do you think it was his stunt that he or stint that he had, excuse me, was just a like hot like a hot you know what i mean kind of like a hot flame just it was supposed to be just for a quick time and it was never going to last forever definitely i i think that um you know right before lynn sanity he was really a no-name right nobody knew who he was yeah and i think that you know when he went off people all of a sudden were like whoa this kid is the future he is incredible and I think that I don't know if he cracked under the pressure because he kept playing really great. And then I think that, you know, there's always these rumors that like Carmelo didn't like him and wanted the ball too much. And there was all these like locker room kind of like the chemistry wasn't really there between those two. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, I don't think he cracked under pressure because if he cracked under pressure, then he would have been then have gone to the Lakers and then gotten that huge contract and then played with Kobe and mm -hmm. eventually waved him off to hit that shot. I think that yeah. won them the game or something, but um, I, I think it's, it's, it was, a, a it was a situation where it wasn't because of the pressure of New York. I think that he just wanted to, to play in a, like a bigger market team, I think, which is why we saw him go to the Lakers. If that makes sense, like yeah, I think that to, he was I think like he went to the Rockets. Okay, like you. Yeah, yeah. He's he, and then he eventually went to the Raptors. He had a very small role, but still got a championship with them. Yeah, and I feel like he was maybe he was starting to get a little confident. Like, hey, if I could handle the pressure here, I can handle the the pressure with teams Anywhere. like like you just said, Houston, and yeah. So I think that is that's what I think we saw. I think he just wanted maybe more of that um, pressure because he was so great here with that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about. I just want to talk about a little bit of the draft, just past drafts, and what you thought of the things that yeah. um, Phil Jackson and stuff did. Then I want to get into the KD and Kyrie Zion drama that happened Perfect. as well. Um, cool. So you see KP get drafted. Were you like, who in the world is this European? tall dude that's like seven foot four or were you hopeful that he might be what he turned out to be for those few years? Definitely. Um, I don't think my reaction was as, as big as Michael Rappaport's with, <laughs> but uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't cursing at my TV like that, but, but I think that I was, I was like, don't know who it is, but I mean, they're really confident on him. And I mean, he played, I, I think he played pretty well, um before he he came to the nba so i was like well let's let's just give him a shot and yeah. uh it worked and i think that 
Um, I mean, that that's kind of my thoughts on, on the whole Porzingis on draft night. Um, and I think that in past drafts, yeah, it hasn't been great. But at the same time, now you're starting to see all of these players like Kevin Knox, for a great example, like, you know, we we passed up on on guys like uh, like Donovan Mitchell and uh, and Bam and, and those guys who who recently, I mean, have just started to go off. And we're seeing the same thing with Kevin Knox. I'm not saying that Kevin Knox is going to be the next Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying that what we're seeing right now is that we're seeing Kevin Knox become comfortable, becoming comfortable in an offense where he knows that he's going to get a good look from, from deep and completely just bang it. And I think that since the, I think the offense is moving at a faster pace, which I think he's more comfortable because I think he's practiced in those kinds of fast paced situations. Like, you know, you see when, when he hit that, that shot um, in the third preseason game against Cleveland, um, and then you also saw him in the, in the last game against Cleveland. I mean, he got 20 points. And hopefully if he keeps riding that wave and that whole team keeps riding that wave, it's, it's, it's going to – hopefully it's going to be a good look on the season. But I think that right now, um, from guys that we've drafted in, in past drafts, we're starting to see them go off. Like, like Frank, we haven't really seen that much of him this year. Um, but, you know, speaking like of, of last year, you know, we saw him – I'm not going to say he clamped up Luka Doncic, but you know, he, 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 he hustled, you know, he yeah. dove onto the floor and um, you know, he, he was really showing that, that, that possibly his potential is to be a great d- defender. Yeah. Um, like I don't, do I think he's going to be Steph Curry no. and Damian Lillard shoot logo threes? Absolutely not. I, I think that what we're seeing is, is, is uh, just seeing these young guys, become into their own and uh, really just kind of flourish with the role that they, uh, that they're, that they've been given, I guess, from this preseason. Definitely. For sure. Um, Bring up Frank. Jamal Adams had probably the, excuse me, probably the best video from that night. Uh, I think he was sitting courtside. I don't know if you see it. I'll send it to you after. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, I, I, I've, I've, I've reposted it on my, on my account. It's, it's the one where he's like screaming and then, and then especially when Marcus Morris, and he makes three, three. And he keeps making that weird noise. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, so yeah, Frank, I like Frank. I, I feel like Nick's media and Nick's fans expected him to become Steph Curry and Damian Lillard. Cause that's what point guards were. They weren't lockdown defenders. I really feel like. Um, and then Dennis Smith, that was a weird draft. That whole because who else was in his draft? In Dennis and Dennis and Junior draft? Yeah. Um, I think that was the year when you had Lonzo at number two to the Lakers. No, um, Lonzo was. Oh wait, no, you're right because Dennis got traded to New York uh, in the yeah. Porzingis trade. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, that was that was a that was a wild. It was a wild draft. Um, you know, I was on the Lonzo train. You know, I, 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 I always say this joke that you know, at my at my school, we would have these kinds of like March Madness tournaments, and we would just make our make our own bracket. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I was just like, why not? I'm just gonna have fun and just 
pick UCLA to win the national championship? I mean, listen, LeVar spoke it into existence. It was like, why not? Um, I I that I trust LeVar. No, I was just just making a a joke and just trolling. But, uh, but I mean, you know, Lonzo met up with Darren Fox and, and Darren Fox completely knocked him off the face of the planet and speaking yeah. of college but um yeah that was a really weird draft um i, I think dennis Smith jr is really really interesting because you know i i think that i was just saying this a couple of days ago um i feel like he's in a he, he he's really good in in situations where i think he has a really like distinguished role as a starting point guard you know before luca he was going off, scoring 20 points per game, and then Luca comes in. He has to share the ball. Then all of a sudden, you saw him as a all player. All eyes just go to Luca. Yeah, and and I think you just see his trajectory not like gone down in the sense in in how it's been going by with the Knicks. But then you know you you see him now on the Knicks, and you see him having to 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 fight for a spot with guys like Alfred Payton. Um, I, I'm not going to say Austin Rivers cause he's, he's still injured, but, um, you know, Alfred Payton now, Jared Harper, um, and now, now Emmanuel Emmanuel Quickly. Quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, it's just, I feel like he just has, I, I feel like he's just more comfortable in roles where he knows that he is like a, like a starting point guard, I think. So I think it's very interesting though. I think you guys have one of the most interesting rosters altogether. I listened to, um, I think his name is Knicks Fan TV. I don't know if you know who yeah. that is. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely. I was listening to him and they're talking about Randall. I don't mind Julius Randall, but I think he needs to come off the bench so Obi and RJ can just explode this year. Like I like I believe they will and they can. Um, but you look at I I want to get into the KD drama now. When you see what what happened, of course. You got, I think the media portrayed it as the Knicks were getting the first pick and they're going to get Zion. Then they're either going to go get Katie and Kyrie or they're going to trade for Anthony Davis using Kevin Knox and Dennis Smith Jr. and a couple future first round picks. Do you think, before we get into the free agency thing, do you think the mainstream media basically brainwashed Knicks into thinking they were going to get everything they have hope and, hoped and prayed for? for the last, it feels like 30 years since you guys won the championship? Uh, that's a great question. You know, I, I made an entire podcast episode on this situation. Um, and I, I think that how, my stance is that personally, I believe Kevin Durant wanted to play with Porzingis. You know, he created the nickname, the unicorn. Um, he's the one that I think tried to, to, start that chemistry going because he wanted to play with Porzingis in New York. Yeah. And I think that you saw that Porzingis was, was traded to Dallas, you know, Kevin Durant, I think he said that he made his mind up like, I think end of January, early February. And that was yeah, right. It was around sometime the- in the new year of 2019. Yeah, it was right. It was either in January or February, which is also around the same time when Porzingis got traded and that is when he said he made his decision on not wanting to, I guess, like go to the Knicks. I don't know, but he made his decision on, I think, where he was going. Mm-hmm. That's the one. I, um, I think, um, Katie's agent, Rich Kleiman, 
or a manager. I don't know if you know him. He is a diehard Knicks fan. Yeah. So I yeah. Think like if Katie, if Rich wanted to, for Katie to go, he would have declined all the meetings with the Nets and everything. And he basically would have been like, Katie, this is where you need to go. You need to be the king of New York and bring it and just bring Kyrie. We'll try to get them to go get Porzingis back, regardless if it talked or prior, if you know what I mean. But I feel like that's what would have happened. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that if we're talking in terms of his agent, I think that obviously he would need to check in with Kevin Durant if he wanted to do it. I mean, you could argue that, you know, if we're looking at the Derrick Rose situation, you know, Derrick Rose wanted to stay in Chicago. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen the video where he gets the the call that he's going to the Knicks and yeah. he was like, no, and, and he was because he wanted to stay in Chicago. Um, so you could argue that like, like, oh, the agent could just, could just do all of all of this work and he can make Rose go to a team that he doesn't want to go. So yeah, that point actually now could be pretty valid and, and correct. Um, but I mean, I think that what ended up happening was I think, you know, Kevin Durant said it himself, like he never really intended on going. It was like just the media. And I think, you know, Stephen A had a huge part in in creating all of this, Absolutely. all of this every single day he was like i've heard i've heard from kevin durant's people <laughs> for the knicks and i'm like more kevin durant's people because he has yeah. a very small circle of people that he talks yeah. to and gives his information to who is either the snitch saying all this stuff or who is the fake friend of kevin durant that he's trusting i mean and it's it's also happened it also happened again in, in 2015 earlier and you know you have that famous famous line of, of Stephen a saying like you don't want to make an enemy out of me i'm speaking <laughs> right and uh which is, which is also just beautiful um but yeah i mean you most certainly can make the argument that the media definitely portrayed it as kevin durant is coming and Kyrie is is coming and i think that Kevin Durant was like, like, look, they're all saying, like, I'm gonna go to the Knicks. Why not let me just make the Nets a, a powerhouse of a team? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could definitely argue that um, it was definitely a, a media, I guess, like frenzy, persuade frenzy. Yeah, yeah. However you want to um, phrase it. So definitely, yeah, you could definitely make that argument for sure. Did you think they were coming? That's a that's a great question. Um, I, I think that in all honesty, I thought something was going to happen, right? Because because you know, you're hearing it for months and months and months and months, and you're hearing like, oh, they wanna I mean, listen, like I mean you you I, I posted it, I think if if you really just make a scroll, scroll down all, all the way to my account, you know, you saw that Kyrie Irving bought a house in the city, it's closer to MSG than it is to Barclays. Um it's all the signs were pointing to it. And, and then, then of course the know, video from all-star weekend. Oh yeah. That was replayed every morning and every single day and of them. Of just course they're talking. like, we weren't talking about free agency. We were talking about something else. Guys, come on. Right. We know better. Sure. <laughs> something else. For sure. Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And I think that, you know, as soon as I as I saw that that Woj bomb, because you know Kevin Durant was saying like, "Oh, I'm gonna announce it at six o'clock." Woj drops the bomb like ten minutes before he yeah. Kevin in Woj it. fashion. 
Oh my god! And he was spoiling the draft all throughout draft night. I had to turn off his notifications. It was so annoying. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was tough. It was tough for Knicks fans. Um, I mean, do I think it was the worst day in Knicks history? I don't think so. But like, you most certainly can argue it. You know, I, I think that Stephen A said that because he wants to create attention. That's his job is to get say stuff that will and get money and. Yeah, of course you guys. Yeah, that. well, that's this whole kind of like like niche or niche that like you know you see him every day with the with the with the Cowboys hat on and him going off against the Cowboys and dancing on his Instagram like he's he wants to create attention on himself to make money that that's his whole platform and, and mm-hmm. position and power. Yeah, um, so I mean. I, I don't think I thought they were going to come to the Knicks, but I thought something was definitely going to happen because all of the signs were just leading in that sort of direction. That's some, and it was a stacked free agency. I mean, even yeah. Jimmy Butler would have been awesome. I, I hate that Max Kellerman said, if you missed out on Katie and Kyrie, don't it ever, or he said like, don't let it be Jimmy Butler be your consolation prize. I would gladly take Jimmy Butler and, over and now look- right now. He's in my. He is oh. in the perfect situation in Miami by far. That um, James Harden is really interesting. That's so interesting. Let's get into let's get into a little bit of Harden because I really want to hear your take on this stuff. Um, sure. He is like the. I I want to be in sports media and broadcasting. Mm-hmm. I hate saying this, but right now he is the biggest clown in the league by far. I hate everything he's doing. I think he he truly is a disgrace to what NBA players are supposed to be because of how he is treating his franchise. I've seen guys get mad at their franchises and want to ask for trade. Like, of course, AD did did that. Even Eric Bledsoe. Bledsoe gave out the famous tweet, I don't want to be here. For some reason, he was saying he was at his wife's nail salon. Bro, we know what you're talking. You're in Phoenix, the worst city to be playing basketball in. Maybe besides Cleveland. I think after the LeBron years, but I mean, you see him, you don't want him to come to the Knicks, right? Um, I, I feel like, you know, I think that we're seeing from Houston that they want so much in return. Like, you know, whether it's Brooklyn, they want either Kevin Durant or, or Kyrie or That's whether it's happened. Miami, they want, they want Tyler hero and Miami is definitely not going to give him up. Um, and, you know, I posted a mock trade on my Instagram, I think, yesterday or a day ago. I saw it. Um, yeah, I I don't really remember the, the specifics of the trade. I just remember it was a lot. Uh, I think let, it was like... Let me pull it up for you. RJ. Yeah, sure. It was. I know it was a lot of picks, and I think RJ was was thrown in there, uh, or Frank or somebody. But, um, you know, I... I every time I get asked this, I just say the same thing. You know, I think that he's in a position where... He needs to decide whether he wants to continue to act like a child or to treat this whole situation like an adult, right? I think that NBA players would die to be in his position, right? Because he's in a, a he's in an organization of Houston that just needs him, and that they're they you know he declined that huge contract extension in the free biggest agents. offer in NBA history. He declined. Yeah, and you know I think that. I, I think players would die to be at the position that he's at. Um, not that like, he's like not want to go to Houston. Like he wants to like this franchise is giving everything to you, all mm-hmm. of this money, 
and they're marketing you as the face of the franchise. Um, and I just think he has, he has to decide like, listen, I know it's been so tough and I, I haven't won a championship yet in Houston. And they've, they've given me all of these pieces to work with like Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. And now they just gave him John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins and Christian Wood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 I mean, I don't know. Cause like, and there was this rumor that I, I heard as well, because I, I saw Dennis Rodman's name trending on Twitter and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be pretty interesting, whatever this is. Um, and it was people comparing Harden to Rodman because Harden, I think like, like reportedly like, um, used private jets throughout the season of just party. I think. Yeah. I heard um, that too. Yeah. And I, I just think it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think, I think he, he wants to go to, to Philly. I'm hearing that there, the Rockets and the Nuggets are in advanced reports of sending, of sending Jamal Murray to Houston and sending James Harden to um, the Nuggets. Nothing's kidding, official, right? but I, I saw, I saw it on Twitter. Um, but oh, I mean, could you Lord. imagine from Houston to Denver? Denver um, would be fuming that they gave yeah. up Jamal Murray. So I have your trade. The Knicks receive James oh, Harden. The Rockets receive mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, 2021 first-round pick, 2023 first-round pick, 2025 first-round pick, and two second-round picks. The Knicks would I take lose. That, <laughs> would I take trade? Absolutely. The <laughs> heck not. Me either. And I don't think Leon's going to take that. No. I mean, listen, you're giving up not only R.J. I mean, you're giving you're giving up the Beyblade Julius Randle. Like, I mean, I, I, I Who live with giving him up, nickname? but oh, everybody, you know, with the spin move, um, I, I, I call him, me and my friends call him the Beyblade. Um, awesome. I, I, yeah, I just, you know, you're giving up that those 2023 picks, which is the draft that's interesting to me the most because that's it's Bronny's not only college, year, correct? it's Bronny's year. It's also, they're also allowing high school players to be drafted that year too. So it's a kind of like a double, um, like a double draft. Yeah. Like you could get college players and high school players. Um, so I, I would not give any of those picks up because if we have a lottery pick and get Bronny, LeBron's contract expires when Bronny's drafted Bronny and LeBron in the, on the Knicks, just throwing it out there. Well, even that 2021, I mean, this draft they have is loaded i even looked at like the first round you got decent guys to pick 27 so even if you guys are like a even if you guys are like a mid pick like if you get say you're at the back of the lottery 13 14 if you actually guys do quite well i mean you could still get a zaire williams or someone like that josh christopher which if you're wanting to add a little bit more talent i mean josh christopher can play the two or three and the one i mean he played the one basically all through high school but yeah. I mean, you guys are in it's the a, right direction. Oh yeah, it's a it's 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 a great class this upcoming year. You know, you're seeing guys like like Cade Cunningham, um, and uh, I think I think his name it's either Luca Garza or Luke Garza. He's Luca Garza. He's is a machine. A he's flat going, out stud. Yeah, I cannot wait to see him in the league. Um, he probably yeah. won't be a lottery pick because he's older. And for some reason, organizations love to go for the younger guys who really have no experience as a true man. Like I was, I'm a Laker fan, of course. I loved Kuz, 
because Kuz is a little bit older. He's got a little bit more experience to him. He's got a chip on his shoulder because he was such a late pick. But, I mean, he got paid before Alonzo. Same with Mitchell. Mitchell Robinson was a late-round pick. He's playing pretty well instead of, like, some guys that was picked before him. RJ, of course, was the number three pick. I think he's going to be incredible, too. I truly think if Thibodeau gives him the ball, he's going to be great. But, I mean, if you guys can get your hands on Luka Garza with OB, with Mitch, and you got RJ, Emmanuel quickly might do something. I mean, you guys get a free agency. Uh, not even like a superstar. Like, of course, the media is going to portray the Knicks to be getting. If you guys get yeah. a good guy, you guys could be a playoff team. And I mean, yeah. I truly, I truly mean that. But I want to get into Tibbs. Thibodeau, mm-hmm. I think, was the perfect hire for the Knicks. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think you're really seeing that in the way that this preseason went. You know, he's he's really utilizing like a like a ball movement kind of style of play. And, you know, I, I think that with, you know, you see Fisdale and what he did, I think you could argue it both ways. Like like you could argue one way that he wasn't really given all of the pieces to succeed. Yeah. Um, with the team that he had. Um, but you could also argue like his rotations were completely messed up. And he was really utilizing like guys like Taj Gibson and the veterans, nothing, nothing against the veterans, but that's just what he was really utilizing mm-hmm. when you had guys like RJ that needed that experience to just completely ball out. And we're seeing this it, through preseason, you know, RJ struggled. He was airballing shots in like the first quarter of the first game of preseason. Now he's completely skyrocketed to like a solid, like 15 points per game consistently too so it's it's been very exciting to see i think that thibodeau is really really starting to utilize guys like emmanuel quickly um who's just running the offense i i think they're probably going to end up starting elvin payton just based off of like experience For safety um yeah i i i think that um would i love to start quickly every single game yeah but like i wouldn't really want to risk it because i don't want to see him get a like career ending injury or anything like that mm-hmm. um so i i would have i loved the tips hire i wouldn't have been mad at kenny atkinson because i really Me really either. liked what he did with he did really good job with brooklyn um you know I, I heard jason kidd's name in the mix for like a day uh that didn't really scare me because it really was like only for a day those kinds of rumors but i um, i like i'm not saying i I love J kid. I love him on the, as an assistant coach. And I think, and, and as a player too. I mean, he was, a Oh, he was a baller. Um, he, he had a stuff, his stint with Giannis. I, mm. even if say J, if Jason kid was still the head coach, I still don't think they would have been in the finals these last two years, regardless mm. of who the coach was. I feel like they just came up against better teams. Like I said on my podcast um, back in the semifinals, I'm like, the Miami Heat are going to win this series. And I wasn't saying, I didn't think it was going to be a whooping like they did. Of course, Giannis got injured, but even for those games, he was there. I think he played one or two games. I mean, they Mm -hmm. flat out destroyed him. They had his number the entire time. Yeah. So I think, I think you brought in the right guy. Ty Lue would have been terrible because he is a guy that needs the media 
He needs his ego fed. And he needs the he needs he, LeBron. I was even saying to Chris from Memphis Hoops, we talked about it. And I was like, I don't know why the media gives him so much credit. He was not the head coach of those Cavaliers teams. Every, every team LeBron's on, he is the he he's, is the he's guy. The, and he yeah. has deserved the right to be the guy because of what he's done. So like, like Frank Vogel is the perfect hire for the Lakers because he is a quiet guy. He doesn't really say much to the media, but he can flat out coach. And that's what they needed because AD and LeBron, of course, we're going to take the spotlight. They don't need their head coach filling up rumors too, but yeah. And I I think that Frank Vogel and, and Tibbs, I think are the same in the fact that, like you said, they're, they're kind of quiet when it comes to media, but like they can flat out coach. And I mean, like, yeah, you know, Tibbs has a has a, a tendency to just get super angry. Like, you know, we saw in preseason, he's he's taken off his mask, screaming the effort at the ref. Um, I mean, I, my one of my favorite moments is when he really just tried to, to call out Jay Crowder to fight. Um, oh he was like, Lord. you want to you want to step outside? Um, it was that was great. Um, I mean, you know, hey, if we're seeing Nate Robinson versus Jake Paul, let's get. Tibbs versus Jay Crowder. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that Nate Robinson fight. That was. Uh, he was a Nick man. too. He was. And That's he was embarrassing wearing. embarrassing for Nick history, I he feel was, like. He was wearing the orange and blue as his fight gear as well. Definitely. Yeah. That was oh. tough to watch. Um, it was tough. That was, that was a, I, I, I did. I think he was, I, I thought that he was going to win in the sense that like, listen, he's an athlete, but I mean, like I said on my podcast, it just proves that experience over athleticism is just the key oh, factor to those types of fights. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, Logan Paul or Floyd Mayweather then? Uh, I, I, I would be stupid to say Logan Paul and I, I'm a huge Floyd fan. So there's not a single chance Logan Paul wins this fight. <laughs> Um, I mean, people are saying that there's not a single chance Logan lands a clean shot on Floyd Mayweather. I think they'll probably land a, a couple of shots on him. It's like, you know, we it's saw just the size I'm worried about. Yeah. I think, Floyd, I think Floyd will beat him, but I mean, yeah, here, here's my thing. I think Floyd will beat him. I think Logan's going to pop him one time. Yeah. Like a, I like think a good it, one too. Yeah. It could easily, it could easily go in the direction that the McGregor Mayweather fight went, you know, sure. I'm a huge, I'm a huge Connor fan. Um, love McGregor. I mean, I, I'm Irish. She's Irish. He's a perfect pair. There you but, go. um, but you know, I, I think that the, the size was a big factor in that fight. Connor is coming from the octagon and UFC and Connor landed a couple good shots. He landed that uppercut, um, on Floyd. And I, I think that, Connor looked very impressive in the sense that like he just didn't get knocked out cold. Yeah. Um, and rounds. Um, but I mean, it's going to be interesting if Logan Paul cuts weight because is he, I don't, he, he died. I don't think it's been really, uh, like official, but he doesn't want to, um, I would all know. I can't, I hope Jake Paul versus Connor McGregor happens. That's going to be, I got really Connor and I'll put, $100,000 that I don't have on Connor that he absolutely oh, destroys him. I, I agree with you. I- so for the future of this team, 
you already have a great mm-hmm. base, I'd say. You got yeah, look, at the, look at the draft like we talked about a bit with Cade, Cunningham, Luca, even Jalen Green. I, I know the G League hasn't played yet, but like those G League mm-hmm. guys, there's gonna be a sneaky good one in there. Um, and then free agency, of course, you take out Giannis, which we'll get into um, the rest of the conference in a second uh, with our game just to finish this up. Who are you hope like say, name three guys you're hoping are on the are on the Knicks in the next few years? Mm, that's a great question. It could be uh, a trade. It could be a free agency signing. It could be sure. a draft. It could be anything. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll try to be realistic um, because why not? Yeah. Uh, huh. I think that um, I feel like at point guard, I think we're pretty set because of quickly and Jared Harper and those guys shooting guard. I think we're pretty set because of RJ small forward. Um, I mean, I think small forward would be the way to go. Why is available possibly next off season? Yeah. I mean, I would like to get like, like a DeMar DeRozan kind of, kind of player. Um, because I think that, you know, what he brought to the table for San Antonio, it hasn't been as good as Toronto DeMar DeRozan, but like still pretty consistent. You know, I mean, I think you got like 20 or 22 points. Yeah. I mean, and you know, listen, I would love to see RJ at the three. I think that's just the best way he's going to get experience because the competition at that position is, Oh, that rhymed. Uh, is like so like it's 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 you could argue it's like more it's it's probably the hardest position to be in basketball because you have guys like because you have guys like Jimmy Butler and LeBron and Kawhi and even Jay Crowder yeah and you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and everybody um but I would I would like to see uh DeMar DeRozan I think you said three players yeah uh yeah, I'll think of. I'll try to think of two more. Um, I think that Obi Toppin that'll be pretty set at at, at uh, power forward. Um, I I mean I feel like I feel like uh Thomas Bryant would be a nice addition at 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 as like a kind of like a bench kind of guy. Yeah, uh, you know I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah, I'm a big I'm a big fantasy basketball guy. Um, and I love Thomas Bryant. Um, and I think that. You know, I think he he really you're, you're seeing it from this year too. Um, he's really uh, he's a sleeper. You know, I mean, he's 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 great. I think that that would be a really nice addition to add to the Knicks. Um, and let's see, one more. Um, do, a, do a draft, hmm. drafty. Who you want to see the Knicks? A draft. Play. Yeah, you you kind of just like the, little trade and sign guys. I want who who are you hoping the Knicks draft out of like the high school, college guys you see from this, this current draft season. Um, huh. I mean, I really like what I'm seeing from Garza. Um, that would be a nice pickup. I, I really like what I'm seeing from like Kate Cunningham. Uh, I think Jalen Suggs. Yeah. I was going to say Jalen Suggs would be perfect in New York. Yeah. So I think any of those three guys would be, would be great. All five of the guys you said would be perfect, and I think yeah, you're, I think you're gonna get at least two of those guys. 
I think their most realistic is Suggs, Garza, and DeRozan. Yeah. I think Washington does everything in their power to keep Thomas Bryant. And that that's what I would love to see Thomas Bryant in New York. That'd be awesome. But um, yeah. so I have this game with my guests I, ha- I have. It's called mm-hmm. Who Are You Better Than? So we're going to go through, since you're my first Eastern Conference insider guest, I'm definitely going to have you have to have you on again once the season gets going. But so I'm going to name every single Eastern conference team. I'm kind of going to add a little question to them. Um, I know since it, you guys are the New York Knicks, there's going to be a lot of teams better than you this season. I think you guys could be the 11th, 10th seed, which I mean, the 10th seed is a play in team. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that could happen, but I'll start you off. uh, Brooklyn. No, I don't think I don't think we're better than. Um, I think that uh, we have a shot to be in future years, maybe. But currently, at this moment, you're seeing it right now. They're Kyrie up and Durant. Yeah, they're they're going off. Um, and I think that they have they have some sleepers. Karis Levert, I love Karis Levert. He's a I great player. You come in the bubble, fantastic. Um, no, I don't think we're better than Brooklyn. I think they have. They they just have too, they have too many stars that are just playing great. I think. Do you think they could ever take over New York? The Knicks. Um, no, the the yeah. Nets. Oh, oh, the Nets. Like, do you think even if they win the championship this this year, do you think they will ever be able to take what the Knicks are in New York? No, I don't. I don't think they can. They can. They can take that kind of. Um, I guess position, right? Because New York ever since like seems like the dawn of time when Earth was created. Um, you oh, know, New York, York is Nick basketball. <laughs> yeah, I mean not you you don't pass somebody in the street and you're saying, Hey, like when you think of New York, do you think of the Knicks or the Nets? You don't think of the Nets, you think of the Nets from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. They've been the New Jersey Nets a couple a couple years ago, uh, when they moved to Brooklyn, but um I don't think the Nets can ever take away what Knicks mean, what the Knicks mean to New York and the people in New York. I 100% agree. Um, uh, this one will probably be a worse than, but Philly. Ah, uh, Philly. Um, I think that. Do I think we're better than them? No. Uh, you know they have Ben Simmons and Bead. Um, I mean they have a former Nick Kyle Quinn. I think. Uh, I mean, now, no, no, they traded away Josh Richardson um, to For Dallas. Seth Curry, which I think Seth Curry is a another dark horse. Yeah, he's 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 definitely got some got some competition. I with, was like, with... why the heck are the Dallas Mavericks trading away Seth Curry? He fit perfectly with Luca. But yeah. question for Philly: What happens with Embiid and Simmons? Um, it's interesting because Sim- Simmons is so injury prone. Um, and I think, I think Embiid has dealt with, with injuries, right? Um, yeah, you know, he's I think, a little injury prone too. Yeah. I think it's, it's pretty interesting. Cause you know, we, we saw in the bubble that Simmons had that leg injury that, that caused him, I think to sit out the rest of the bubbles. So mm-hmm. I think Doc Rivers, I think says he's probably going to make more like pick and roll situations, which, which will probably work great. 
Um, so I think they're going to work pretty well together. Um, I think it's going to be a fun duo to watch in the East, definitely. It's going to be definitely interesting to see this season. Next up is Chicago. Um, Chicago, I think. I think uh, you guys I, could be better than Chicago. I think there's a chance. Um, I just feel like that, you know, with with Zach Levine, um, I feel like if you're looking at it from a comparison to the Knicks, do the Knicks have a Zach Levine type of player? No. Um, and, you know, now Kobe White is just going off. Um, he looks like he's going to be their starting point guard. Um, but I think, you know, listen, Lori Markkinen has been struggling. Um, you know, Come to Julius the Knicks, Markkinen. <laughs> Do I listen? Julius Randle struggles with turnovers, but on the on paper, stats wise, he looks great. Um, he's pretty consistent. Um, but I think right now, I think Chicago is a little bit better. But we definitely have the chance to be better than them in in, in years to come. I think definitely. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta. Um, does my question is does this roster work? Against Atlanta or against their, like for Atlanta, does this roster for Atlanta work in the long run? It's, it's very interesting. Um, you know, I think that, I think we'd have to see what Capella does. Um, cause I feel like we haven't really seen Capella play for them that much, really. Yeah. Um, I think Trey Young and Collins work great. Um, I really you know, like John Collins. Yeah, I do too. I I think he's injury prone as well. I think I think he's I think he's dealt with. I with, haven't paid much attention to Hawks basketball. I haven't either. Completely honest with you. I I John Collins has dealt with with injuries. I could be wrong on that, but um, I think it it for the long run they would just they need they would need to add more and more pieces to fit those big three or those. Well, they got three. Bogey now and Gallo. And then yeah. you add in Rondo. It's just a weird mix of people. Like I, on paper, they look like a playoff team, but yeah. I just, I just don't know. But um, it, it's like when LeBron came to the Lakers. How weird of a team that was. You had Lance, you had Lance Stevenson, you had Lonzo. Um, I think they did. They still have Ingram. Um, we, so our starting five was Lonzo, oh, Ingram, LeBron, Coons, yeah, they, and McGee. Yeah, it was it with was Lance, um, Rondo, and Josh Hart coming off our bench, and Mo Wagner. Let's not for- forget about our guy Mo Wagner, the legend. Um, yeah, that was a weird team. Uh, was a weird team. Yeah, that was weird. Um, next up is Detroit. Um, yeah, I think I think we could be better than Detroit. You know, they Killian Hayes is struggling. Um. Uh, yeah, they beat us once, but I mean, like, listen, they haven't, Blake Griffin, do I think he could have a breakout year? I don't think it'll be Clippers, Blake Griffin, but I think he could probably have a fine year. Um, so they have a, they have an aging who still can still play pretty well. He, can um, still, he, this team, I really liked what they did in the draft. I think Sadiq Bay is going to be really good. Killian Hayes is just going to take time. It's what happens yeah. with a lot of European prospects. They get Isaiah Stewart. And then I really like the Jeremy Grant signing. 
I think that was yeah. really underrated. But then I love love Siku on that team. Siku Demboya too. And then you get yeah. Plumley, Okafer, and they went and signed another center. I forget who yeah. it is. But I'll just they like they also got Jerry. So Jeremy I'm like Grant was Jeremy Grant was great on Denver. But so yeah. I'm like, is this the end of Blake Griffin in Detroit? I mean, possibly. I think that they would trade him away for, for more assets, I think. Um yeah. it's interesting to see how they how they lean forward as a team, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think right now I think we have a pretty good shot at beating Detroit. I mean, we've already beaten them in preseason, but hey, that 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 was preseason. So yeah. we'll see. I'll but do I think these, we have a good shot. I'll do these next two real quick. Cleveland and Orlando. Um, I think we can beat both. Um, I think Cleveland might be harder with a healthy Kevin Love. Um because I I think that you know you can argue like they look at the preseason, but again, it was like G League guys plus like Colin Sexton. Yeah. Plus like Drummond, like I don't think Drummond played at all that second game. Um and you like you had JaVale McGee starting at center. Like I that's a pretty easy easy Cleveland team to beat. Yeah. I mean um, I, I really like Larry Nance. I really like Kevin Love yeah. too. Their backcourt Definitely. Is, Definitely. is really weird. Okora yeah, now they have Damian piece. They have so Damian Dotson now. Damian Dotson too from the Knicks. It's just I'm just like I don't think they'll be that good because like I don't even know who who's their coach. Uh, Cleveland's coach is, uh, let me think, let me think. I think um, it's, uh, it's not the college coach. I know they fired him. It's whoever their assistant was back in those uh, days. It is JB Bickerstaff. He has been He's, around the block in the NBA. Absolutely. He definitely um, has. And yeah. then for Orlando. I don't know how to feel about that. I really enjoy watching Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac play, but Isaac came off. It's going off like a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. And Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony is going to be their future point guard. Cause I don't think Markel Fultz is that good. Um, yeah. I'm just, just I, I'm just looking at, at their roster right now. Um, they've, they've some good shooters. Fultz, Fultz has been playing great this, this past season. Um, Aaron Gordon is always playing great. Um, I think we most certainly have a shot at beating them. I think definitely it'll, I think with every team in the East, it'll be a struggle, but I think if we keep playing the way that we played at the end of the preseason, I think we have a pretty good shot to beat, to beat not, not all of these teams, but I think you guys can at least get one win on every single NBA on every single Eastern conference team. Maybe besides Milwaukee, just because it's Milwaukee. But I'll go through these two because I know that I know this will be a quick no for you. Um, Toronto, Miami, of of course not. Yeah, I, I, now. Um, do, do I think we could beat Miami? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I I think I think they have too many. They've just they have too many. I was literally just talking to my to my dad about this again today. Um, you know, he was saying like, oh, like is is Iggy still on on, on Miami? Because you know he's a huge Iguodala fan, and I said, "Yeah," and uh, he's not going to play have, much. 
Yeah, but th- I mean, still, he can easily he can still help out an NBA team. You know. Oh, for sure. Um, he was a I think Finals MVP. First time Warriors won, uh, went all the way. I mean, you know, I'm looking at this team right now, and you have you have guys like like uh, like Kendrick Nunn. You have guys like uh, like Press it, Precious. I never can pronounce his last name, but so, he he played pretty good in this. So I was talking um, to Chris from Memphis Hoops because he covers the Tigers and the Grizzlies. We're talking about Precious mm-hmm. a bit. He even said um, it is the perfect fit where Precious is. I haven't been able to see the mm-hmm. Heat play, but he was even like he's a grit and grind guy, and that is exactly what Miami is. And but yeah. I'm like. My only question for Miami before we get into Toronto is, is Miami a actual finals contender or was that built their run built off? Just they got lucky against uh, the Sixers and the, uh, the Bucks because their roster was solid, but I mean, no fans, no travel, I mean, none of these guys are really seeing their family. So it, it, it might have been just a quick, hot run. I think they're there to stay. but Because I really like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Love them. I I, uh, I mean, they just have shooters. Um, you know, you got Jimmy Butler. You know, I mean. I love that, Jimmy that, Butler. That, that game where he played like 47 minutes and got like less than a minute break. Absolutely. And like a 48-second break, bro. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, and like you know, you have Bam; he's great. Duncan Robinson and Hero, they can't they can't miss. You have Drogic too, still playing great at like thirty two or whatever, however old he is now. Yeah, you got, you got Myers Leonard. Myers um, Leonard's solid. I really like him. I like him as well. Uh, you got Kendrick Nunn; he struggled in the bubble, but played pretty well in the regular season. Haslam can still bring them solid minutes. I mean, yeah, he's getting old, but you know he's helped LeBron and those guys win three championships. Mm-hmm. I think all of these players are just, they can just come alive and spark that and team. Up yeah. yeah. Um, Toronto. I have two teams that I feel like got worse in the Eastern conference. We're going to get to one, uh, the last team, but Toronto is one of them. I think losing Gasol for Baines is, I think they got better there, but losing Ibaka. Uh, is going to kill them. I don't think Ibaka is going to do much on the Clippers. Just I love Ibaka. I love Ibaka too. I just don't think he's going to do that well on the Clippers, as a lot of people say. We're going to see it tonight when the Lakers flat out destroy them. But um, Watch. It's going to be great. Um, it's just the strong team is great. I say go and trade for Bradley Beal. Yeah. If he becomes uh, available. You have Van Vliet locked up. Let go of Lowry. Lowry, of course, I know is like Toronto's heartfelt, but if I can get Bradley Beal, you trade Kyle, probably a Stanley Johnson esque player, a couple picks, and you set up Fred Van. Like OG OG just got the thing is OG just got signed, so I don't know what the sign exception thing they have. I don't know how long it is, but. I mean, th- that's one of the teams I just feel like got worse. I mean, you. I mean, in a sense, with the with the recent moves they made, you could argue that but they all have they they just resigned Van Fleet, who was rumored in Knicks rumors like Come for months Knicks. and months. I wanted it to happen so bad. Yep. 
Same. Uh, I Fred Vliet, Fred Van Vliet, I, I was saying on my podcast that whole summer, he would have been the best fit because he knows how to play in clutch situations and actually play well. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you have guys like Julius Randle in clutch free throws. RJ, you know, he almost cost Duke their season with a missed free throw. Um, yeah. And, yeah, you have – and I think Van Vliet would have really fit nice with the Knicks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, their roster on paper is solid. Norman Powell is really underrated, in my opinion. For sure. Um, he's great. Uh, Stanley Johnson – uh everybody on that team i think is just it's still pretty good i'm a fan of aaron this is gonna be this is gonna be the most competitive nba season i think we've seen in a long time definitely one of the most exciting seasons for for sure sure. next two i have up for you are washington and charlotte I think we can beat Wa. I think that one. I think we can beat Charlotte for sure. That point guard situation is a mess. Yeah. Um, you got Rogier, Graham, Lamelo Ball. That's a, a disaster. I think Melo is going to be fun. Wash- yeah. I just I feel like he needs to be more aggressive at at shots. Um, you know, he's like spending all of his time getting assists, and that's great. Don't get me wrong. Look at the Knicks. Find the open man, create easy buckets, win mm-hmm. games. But um, I feel like he just he needs to be a little bit more aggressive at at, at taking his shots. He's also struggled with the shots too. Yeah. He's missed a ton, ton of shots. Um, I, and Washington, Washington. Now that they have Westbrook, I don't think I don't see us beating them. Um, I could see you guys I mean, being better than them. That's the thing. I don't know if this is really going to work out. Because what this is, I mean, when they had all those Westbrook to the Knicks rumors, I was heavily against it because Westbrook wants the ball in his hands every single possession. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong, he deserves but because he's a freaking beast, beast. But like, that's gonna ruin the development of guys like RJ, quickly, Toppin, Mitch, because the, the young guys right now need the experience in order to play at their highest level and at their really true potential. Um, you know, I think Westbrook would just take that away. Um, so that's why I really wouldn't like Westbrook at all. Um, but I mean, I years to come, I think, I think we could be a better than majority of these teams, but I, I think, think so currently too. right now it's going to be, going to be tough to beat all of them. I got three more. I'm going to give two Really quick to you, just well, we won't even get into these ones because I really want to focus on the last one. Um, Boston and Indiana. Uh, don't think we can beat Boston. Um, I think you know they have my 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 boy Taco Fall. <laughs> Love Taco, huge fan. Taco coming. I saw him play. I saw him play live at MSG. Um which it was like two minutes left, but the whole crowd was chanting taco. I mean, you know, you walked out of that arena, nobody, everybody, everybody was talking about taco, but you know, you have Jason Tatum, who's now like six ten somehow. Um, I don't believe that for a second. I think that is complete nonsense. He probably might be six nine. He might be six ten with shoes on, but uh, I don't know. I mean, you- Indiana is kind of weird. I feel like James Harden is going to end up there. That would be interesting. I mean, 
it would be weird because of Oladipo. I've met, I met Oladipo. I told him to not kill the Knicks when I saw him. I was like, Hey, please don't just, just do me one thing. Just please, please don't destroy our Knicks. I don't really think he listened to my advice because I think he probably is going to destroy us at least a couple of times this season. Yeah. Um, I think they trade Oladipo and Turner for Harden. Oladipo and Turner for Harden. Because they that talk, would be they talk about a lot in, of like I follow the Ringer a lot. They talk about how the Pacers can't have Sabonis and Turner playing at the same time. That is how bad it is. So I'm like, and they keep mm-hmm. talking about dark horse teams. I'm like, Indiana could get into the mix. Any, I don't think they'll do it because they really like Brogdon and TJ Warren and Oladipo. But I mean, Oladipo, Turner, two first round picks for James Harden. I mean, I would take that if I was Houston. Yeah, I really, um, I really like Sabonis for the Pacers. I think he's a great fit. Coming off of injury, playing great. Um, I think I'd focus more on him in terms of like uh, center. I think I'd rather focus on him than Miles Turner. Yeah, um, I agree. But I mean, yeah, it, Indiana's interesting because you have the bubble king, TJ Warren, <laughs> um, who's, I mean, he's injured right now uh, with some, some something on his like, yeah. leg, but. Um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting team. Uh, oh yeah. They also, I'm just, I'm looking at this right now. They have the, I think, I don't know if Justin and Aaron holiday are brothers, but no, they, they are. Yeah. That's, uh, that's cool. Yeah. They have the holiday brothers. They have Jeremy lamb, TJ McConnell. He hit a game winner against the Knicks. So against mellow uh-huh. a couple years ago. Yeah. It, it, they're it, just an interesting ugly. team. They have an interesting group of talent. I don't really know their coach either. I know he was Nick Nurse's right-hand guy in Toronto. But I'm like, that's a team that I feel like could either blow it up completely or possibly make a sneaky playoff run and go to the semifinals because of the talent they have. Um, yeah. But my last team is, of course, you probably realize it by now, the Milwaukee Bucks. They didn't yeah, win. I'm staring at they didn't win a playoff game. Uh, sorry, a preseason game. Am I the only one that thinks they're not going to be as good as people think they are? I think, I think that what we're going to see is the pattern of them not producing in the postseason in the uh, in the playoffs. I think that. I think if you look at preseason, I don't really – I wasn't really paying attention to the Bucs during preseason, but, I mean, I know Giannis has been out, right? I don't – They he, lost I don't know to if he Dallas twice, and they lost to somebody else. But Yeah, but I think I, – I mean, listen, I love Jordan Nuora that they got from Louisville. Oh, they picked um, him up. Absolutely. Yeah, they drafted him. Absolute steal. I really wanted him. Um, in the later rounds, I think probably in the, in the second round of that pick we had or the third mm-hmm. um, that we ended up trading. I, I was not a fan of trading Oturu. I really liked him in college. Um, but, like, I don't know. Because, like, I think that the Bucks. I mean, now that they have Drew Holiday, um, they also have Bobby Portis, who's been going off. He went off in the preseason. I just don't think they got um, that much better. 
I mean, Drew Drew Holiday is great. He's the, probably the probably the best defensive guard in the league. But I mean, here's my thing with him. I call this is what I called them on my podcast, and I say this proudly. And if I have a Bucks insider on here one day, I'll say it to them. They're like the Raptors of the early 2010s. Really, really good in the season and get absolutely destroyed in the playoffs. Because mm. you look at it, you, you're you up to nothing against Toronto, and then you lose four straight. And then, of course, last year, the Miami thing happens. I know all the racial injustice stuff happened, and there's a lot on these guys' mind, which I totally understand. But you get embarrassed like that. And, I mean, well, with the game they had, to be honest, they got blown out by, I think, like 20 or 30. It's got They're up at least by 30 at some point. Yeah, I mean, well, to be fair, they, Giannis, and that whole team led the boycott. Yeah. Kind of like movement that they had for a little while in the bubble. So I think that their minds are completely on all of the racial injustice that we saw um, over this past summer and year and – I think that their minds are just in another place at that postseason. They don't really care. I mean, we could see a different Giannis. He just got paid two hundred and thirty million dollars. Yeah, it that was that was a crazy extension. But um, I think that I I just feel like they're still going to be. I mean, you, you never know. We could see them make it to the conference finals for the East. Um, but, you know, they've also – you could argue that they've had a lot of tough competition. You know, if you look at the playoffs – you look at the playoffs before uh, COVID, you know, they played against Toronto with Kawhi. Um, I mean, they've played through some tough teams, and I think that maybe just – I feel like they just have had to deal with the most competition in the earlier rounds, and I feel like maybe that's why they're not really producing as much as they do in the regular mm-hmm. season. And now you got Brooklyn to worry about. And, I mean, they will never yeah. be what New York is, but, like, I think Brooklyn is going to be the best team in the league. Or not not in the league, sorry, in the conference. You you could definitely argue that. I just feel like we're just going to need to see how everything plays out throughout this regular season, I think. Well, Brooklyn just beat uh, Golden State by yeah. 30. Yeah. <laughs> That KD and Kyrie combined for like 48 points. I just saw. Uh, well, yeah, Aiden, it was a pleasure having you on to talk all things Knicks basketball. I'm definitely going to have to have you on again as the season continues to talk about what's going on, especially in the Eastern Conference and especially with the New York Knicks. Do you want to plug anything before you get out of here? Sure. I mean, you know, you could just you could follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Knicks Community. Um, you can also listen to my podcast, Nick's community podcast, um, for Nick stories from former players, um, and just kind of my thoughts on how I think that this team is doing and the direction that this team is going to go. And, um, yeah, mainly just, just look out on social media at Nick's community. That, 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 that's what I'll plug for right now. Where, uh, where can they find you for your podcast? So you can find me on, Spotify, you can find me on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, really wherever podcasts are made, it's there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think you, you could also find it on my Instagram bio because um, I'll always have the latest episode up on my bio. 
so you could find it there and really just wherever podcasts are made. Definitely. Okay. Sweet, bro. Well, thank you for coming on. Great talking to you. No, of course, dude. I'm going to have you on again. Uh, probably got to be sometime in the new year, maybe January, February, but best, best of luck for sure with your account. And, uh, I'll see you soon, bro. Thank you so much. Thanks. No problem, man. Well, that was Aiden from Nick's community on Instagram. Make sure to go follow him like he just said. Um, I will see you guys next Monday. I have another guest coming on and talk all things Detroit Pistons. So make sure to listen to that. I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Go enjoy the start of the NBA season. And uh, I will see you guys next week. Peace.